The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an exciting new episode of the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Yes. I'm, I'm Joel Mahalik. Hi. I thought you were looking because I was... Is the I, lovely Sharon. Hi. I'm just trying to look at the... the I'm trying to measure the... Hello. The sine wave. Oh. How does it look? Uh, One. Yeah, looks good. Okay. Looks good to me. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's nice to be back in the seat here. Yes, um, it is. Uh, I missed see. it. Yeah. You yep. keep sending me out on missions. missions. You can reach us on the World Wide Web at www.jmtalk.net. Uh, also on social media, let's see, uh, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. And also you can send us an email, joelmahalikradio at gmail. Dot com. Um, so later on, on on this exact podcast, uh, we'll be sitting down with Gene Baradelli. Uh, he is a, by day, he is a lawyer. And uh, also he is a lot of other things. He's a political columnist. Um, and he is an author of an upcoming book. We're going to talk to him about that. It's going to be a very, I know it's going to be a very exciting interview because it's done already. It's in the can. <laughs> so... That's coming up later on in the Absolutely. third segment of the show, so stay tuned for that. I can't wait. That was an exciting interview. It certainly was. Uh, interestingly enough, because uh, you know, since uh, since we lost our producer, um, we've been trying to get. I've been trying to get guests on in that third segment, and so it's been a bit of a challenge having to oh, re- yeah. refigure this all out. I know. And uh, it's weird because I, so I interviewed Gene earlier this week, and today I got something I've never gotten in the brand new Joel Mahalik radio at gmail.com. A PR company sent me a press release for to interview an author. So, like, I didn't sign up for anything. This email has, has been laying dormant forever. Ah. The only thing I use the email for is for distribution to the networks that carry the program. Right, right. And, okay. um, and so, so I don't know. It might be the start of something. You know, maybe maybe the universe is coming together to make sure I have company in the third ha- third part, third ha- in the third half, in the third, <laughs> yeah, third half, in the third half. <laughs> so anyway, let's get right to the elephant in the room: inflation. Look, and you don't high have prices. to talk about my weight like that. <laughs> inflation and high prices. Oh, is this my gosh? Is the topic du jour? Well, um. Whenever anybody says anything about about I'm off the charts over there. You are off the charts. That's what I'm saying. That's why no, I'm I mean, backing you up. You are off the charts. I know, baby. <laughs> okay. um, whenever anybody brings anything up like that, the gas prices. Oh my gosh, have you seen the prices of milk lately? Oh, yeah, blah 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 blah. Right. I'm like, you know what? You can thank Biden. 
Yes. yes no, nope, no. you can't tell me any different. But I, I can a little bit. Mm. That's what we're going to discuss here. Okay. See, the interesting thing is you come into these shows with no idea what we're going to well, talk about. Absolutely, right? because you won't tell me. <laughs> He's mom, I'm telling you. Well, him. you know, so I, I, I'll get to that point in a minute. But what I wanted to do is, um, because it, it, it's really easy, I get it, it's really easy to blame the administration. Why? Because, because every time, Because every oh, time... And you know, and this isn't political. We're talking about something that's going on in today's yes, society that's yes. breaking our back. Yes, but it just seems like every time the Democrats come into the administration, this is what happens. Now it hasn't been on this scale in no. a long, long, long time since the seventies, possibly maybe no, the eighties, but no seventies. So what I wanted to do was I I took it upon myself this week. To reach out and do a little research, I wanted to see what the gas companies have yeah. because they have to report yeah. their pro- their net profit loss right mm-hmm. after each quarter. So I wanted to find out just exactly how things are going in the first quarter. Right. So let's start with Exxon. Ooh. Yes, exciting stuff. Exxon reported earnings of five point four eight billion. That's with a B. Billion between the start of January and the end of March this year. Wow. More than double the $2.73 billion that it earned in the same period last year. Wow. And this was after the company incurred a $3.4 billion after-tax charge, meaning a loss, yeah. when they decided to discontinue operations in Russia because of the, you know, the Russian-Ukraine right. yeah. conflict. So after taking that hit, they more still brought yeah, yeah more than double last year. Chevron, wow. Chevron reported earnings of six point six six point two six billion dollars in the first quarter of twenty twenty two, compared to one. Point, and we're talking three months, people. Right, one point three eight billion in the first three months of twenty twenty one. That's more than four and a half times increase, and the company's most profitable quarter in almost a decade. When they made seven point two billion in two thousand twelve. Now that may be a, a little hint in the in comparing when we were this bad with gas prices. I, I I didn't go back that far. I'm just okay. All right. So, and then BP BP reported an underlying profit of six point two billion dollars compared to two point six billion same period last year. So then you have to say to yourself. Well, wait a minute. Where are all these pro- where so, are these profits going? The the barrel is going up. This is what we're being told. So the barrel yeah. is going up because of all these reasons. Okay, and yeah. that, and that's why I do hold the administration somewhat responsible right there because they're completely we know, responsible. We know that the government will never lie to you, but they will, and they'll tell you whatever they think you need to hear. And so I think there has been a lot of. Who shot John and what they tell us the reasons are. And you want to you know, know the I reason? Mean, because the sole reason our gas prices are the way they are. The sole reason. The second Biden took office, the very first thing he did was shut down the pipeline. So, well, we talked about that before. On the yes, podcast, we have. And there's, there's, we have a disagreeable mm, debate I, about that. I'm sorry. So, I, we will agree to disagree. So, there's an interesting thing to note here. They say that um, 
the uh, so the current high gas prices are not due to production issues. Um, so basically, uh, the report said that in the 2010s, so for a good part of that decade, the oil companies overproduced because demand was down. So they overproduced for a whole decade, and they took a bath in producing all that and not selling it. So, um, so Exxon and Chevron, for example, they might argue that they're earning these new profits because they swooped in and saved the day. Back, however, I'm not an economical genius, but this is what I can. This, this is what I wonder. So the barrel goes up and up, mm-hmm. and of course, and as I was saying before, you interrupted me. I'm sorry. One of the things that I disrespect about the administration is that is the. I mean, right out of their own mouths, they're calling this. Uh, Putin's gas hike. They're calling it Putin's gas hike, which is a complete fabrication and wrong. Um, if the barrel goes up for whatever reason, war in Ukraine or, you know, someone monkey scratches his ass in the... It doesn't matter. And I'm doing the laundry. Um, the If the barrel goes up, and if it costs you more to buy that barrel, mm-hmm. so you have to charge more at the pump... Make these profits make sense. Yeah, exactly. This year to last year, make these again. If the barrel's going up, if I'm sell, if I'm Exxon and I got to buy a more expensive barrel to sell you, how am I making all this profit? Right. I can't make this make sense. So here's what the Fed is doing. You know the the Federal Reserve. I know I'm swallowing this segment with this, but this is important information that people need to know. Yeah, but do they want to know? <clears throat> no, they, they have to. The Federal Reserve is, um, they're boosting the interest rates, okay? Um, this week, Central Bank said it's increasing the benchmark short-term interest rate by 0.5%, marking the highest increase since 2000. Now, the Fed's gold in doing this, let's raise the interest rate. Because that will tamp down supply and demand. Oh. It'll, it will make people go, oh my God, the interest rates are up? I can't buy now. So it'll slow people down from buying stuff. I'm, I'm telling you. Wow. Okay. Because it will become more expensive to borrow money to buy a home, a car, or anything else. So it's going to be prompting people, some people, to hold off on purchases to make a drop in demand that might help inflation, which, by the way, if you're not paying attention, has gone up to 8.5%. Wow. Um, in March, really. Yeah. We don't have the new, the latest numbers, which was the highest since 1981, which is why I said to you, you said 70s, I said possibly 80s. Okay. 81. Inflation mm, rate was yeah, but up around 8.5%. It started in the 70s. Okay. When gas was so rare. You had lines a mile long. Okay, at gas so stations. is that not a comparative thing to what I just said? In the 2010s, they were sitting on all this oil. Right. No, I get it. I get you it. Know, I'm so. just saying, I was, I was alive and a functioning human being in the 70s, and I say that because I wasn't three, four, five years old. I was a teenager. Okay, in the 70s. Wow, I was three, four, five years. I old. I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, and I watched my dad and my mom sit in these long ass lines. The gas lines? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, all the way, it was insane. 
It was insane. And then you get up to the pump and they run out of gas. So that happened a lot. Yeah, it was the, the gas rushing in or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. So wait a minute, that wouldn't be a overproducing thing. That would be an underproducing. That would be a shortage thing. Yes. Hmm. So you know. So, so anyway, that's just sort of a, a like like a look into it. You know right. what I mean? Like a look into what's going on. Um, because you know, again, I can sit here. I and I can and will and would find a lot of faults in the current administration. <laughs> But uh, but something like I heard I heard of something about BP and I think I might have mentioned it to you yeah, last week and then did. that and that made me go out and go I want to know what everyone's making right yeah or at least the big guys oh yeah and they're all profiting off of our backs I mean right. it went up what was it ten cents overnight overnight today oh my gosh ten more cents and, yeah and so it's like four thirty nine here yeah in Pennsylvania it's up to almost five bucks so count, wow count your lucky. Yeah, stars. Absolutely, I am. Empty gas tank. I mean, I just don't. <laughs> Speaking of, it is almost empty. <laughs> so you know, the problem is, is people are. This is the time of year where people want to go away and do things, and we even have a place down a beach, and um, we haven't been down there to open we it. We haven't yet. been down there to open it, and I, 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 I with these prices, I'm afraid to even guess when we we will get down there the first time. We certainly won't get down there as much until something turns I the know, tide. Right. You know, so I again I'm not a financial analyst. I don't work for the government. I don't know what they would do at this point yeah. to turn this around. Yeah. Um but holy shit. Right. Exactly. And that, like you said, it's not just that groceries. I mean we're you know yeah. like like you and I in a one week span and we go to like Audi's, which is like a generic. Yeah. Walmart, which is like sub generic. I mean, yeah. we don't. Well, we don't go to Acme and stuff unless we have to. But right. We plan out our meal, and we went from for about for the whole week. Yeah, we, right. We went in a matter of two months from spending about a hundred a week meal planning and getting yeah. all just the ingredients yeah. to I can tell you the last time I went shopping, which we didn't get to do last week because of this week before tapping knocking on the two hundred dollar door. You're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? What can you do? Right. Exactly. That's the thing. What can you do? Starve. <laughs> you can go to the dollar store a lot more. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, that's today's America. Yeah, but that's a shame. Considering... What, three years ago, two years ago, uh, we were sitting a lot prettier than we are uh, now. Yeah, I mean, guess before he came into office was somewhere around 187, I think. Yeah. And Come on. it started going up soon after he took office. Not immediately. Yeah, but it, started, it was pretty. It was the like, very it was first. Like trickling and you're like, oh, here we go with the Democrats in power again. So that's what that's like what my mindset was. And then it seemed like when this Ukraine thing took off, like I said, you know, um, I I can't sit here and tell you it's directly related to Ukraine. I can tell you there's a problem when you're when the people who you're supposed to look to for answers get on television and say, oh, it's Putin's gas hike. Putin this, Putin that. Putin's making you poor and Putin, Putin. I mean, fuck that. Right? Time Take some responsibility it. for your own mistakes. Right, and fix it. After you take Absolutely. responsibility, fix yes, it. Yes, yes. 
So, yes. You know, I tell you, I can't find one person in any of my circles of conversation that don't agree with the fact that the entire, like, you know, uh, not for nothing, but Trump used to call it drain the swamp. I don't know anyone right now today that does not agree that the entire top to bottom just need to be pushed out the door and we need fresh blood with people who represent us. Yeah. These people, now, these we people have, have no idea we have how we career live. career politicians in office right now, and a president's one of them. I mean, Pelosi had dinner with Lincoln the night before he was shot. I know. Let's get these people out. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It doesn't leave much. I try to be funny. I know you it do. It doesn't leave much time to really get but into it's another hard, subject. It's hard so. to be funny with this topic. You know? I know, like you know, we're trying to be lighthearted a little bit. We're, we're but we're crying over it. Yeah, you know, we're. You I know, mean, it's crazy. Um, it is crazy. You know, Washington does not have their finger on the pulse of this society. No, at all. No, and they don't care to. I don't believe that they care to know what we want. Right. They don't. They don't care. Yeah, I got like two minutes. You know, I had this great. This is not enough time. If we don't get to it in the next segment of this program, which is going to be a shortened segment because of the length of Gene's interview, um, I actually had built enough information to do a foodie podcast. Really? It's all about food. I got, wow. the, I got the history of mac and cheese, and you're not going to believe it. <laughs> really? You're not going to believe it. Why? It came from China? No. <laughs> came from... China. That's what I said. China. That's what no, I no, said. I was entertaining. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why do you call it the China virus? Because it came from China. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I'll swallow up the last minute by saying that people should check out your lives every... I can't... I even got a live scheduled for my... But anyway, check out your lives. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Are Sir? you exclusively on TikTok? You stopped the Facebook thing? Kind of, I guess, and I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. I should get back on Facebook. Um, but yes, I am live on TikTok. You can find me. Um, Wait a minute. Let me make at, this easy for you. At Full Moon Fizz or Fizzy Chick. Fizzy Chick. I know your website is controlled by. Uh, you know, it's like a it's a subscription website from the yeah, uh, yeah. master company. Is your TikTok linked on there? Yeah. Okay, so fullmoonfizz.com. Yeah. No, fullmoonfizz.bombparty.com. Yes. yes. Yep. So they should go there and check out the uh, the great jewelry that you're that you are. Yeah, revealing. get ready to reveal Secret new reveal. stuff. Secret whoop. reveal. Every month we come out with the next month's birthday. So um, what that means is. The, whatever birthstone is the next month, like for us now, it's June. Whatever June's birthday uh, birthstone is, that's what the jewelry has. Right. So it's jewelry with all that birthstone in it. So and it's only nineteen ninety five. Wow, you, you, for twenty a, bucks. What a Mother's Day's coming up. Mother's Day is Father's here, by Day's the way. Happy coming Mother's up. Day. Thanks. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, Mother's Day. Father's Day is coming up. We have men's rings that yeah. are fantabulous, aren't they? Yep. You got one yourself. Yep. So, fullmoonfizz.bombparty.com and TikTok Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And Tuesday night. There you go. Check back <laughs> on our website for full schedule and details. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, we have more to go. And don't forget Gene Baradelli coming up in the third segment, man. That is a great interview. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON. The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th of 2004 between a Blonde Star advisor and a subscriber. Blonde Star emergency. This is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've locked myself in my car, and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay. It's, it's just that the windows are rolled up, and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks, or? Uh, yes, 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 okay, yes. here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? Um. Oh, the shiny thing. Grab the oh. shiny thing. Uh, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's my door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Blonde Star. That's why we're here. Do you need anything else? Blonde Star. Always on, because you're always blonde. Welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, The lovely Sharon will not be joining me in this second portion. Uh, but that is okay. She's got things to do. Meanwhile, stay tuned because coming up shortly in the third segment, Gene Baradelli will be joining me to talk about his new book. And uh, it is a great interview. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. And I'm looking really forward to the book. So stay tuned for that coming up here shortly. But anyway, while it's you and me, <laughs> I feel like it's sort of like. I did the second part of the show myself because I went out and found somebody to do the third part with me. <laughs> I still wind up doing a third of the show alone. <laughs> but anyway, be that as it may. And that's fine. So welcome back to the program. So uh, last week or so, I forget exactly. It was like, uh, it was la- yeah, like, let's see, last week. I forget exactly. what. Anyway, did you guys see the comedian Dave Chappelle? Uh, was attacked by somebody in the audience, just like ran up on stage out of nowhere with the quickness and like speared him. Like this is a wrestling move. It's like a spear, you know, where you just, you charge, you bring your head down and your entire mass torpedoes the mid body. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it, crazy <clears throat> happened at the Hollywood bowl. He was on stage doing his comedy routine. This guy just comes out of nowhere and boom. Um, this is what happened. Uh, he had finished his act. He was getting ready to exit the stage. And a male from the audience jumped on the stage and tackled. Okay, they say tackled. I'm telling you, it was a spear. It's a wrestling move. 
Um, so, <laughs> uh, and his name was Isaiah Lee. So anyway, so he, 23 years old, he was arrested. He was taken to the hospital for medical treatment. And, um, they described the weapon. Police described the weapon they say was taken from the suspect as a replica handgun. So he had a replica handgun, um, with, with a knife blade. Um, it's unclear what the motive was, <clears throat> but here's the thing. Um, and by the way, he pleaded not guilty to four misdemeanor charges. So you ran out of you ran out of the audience. You attacked the performer and pled not guilty. But anyway, so um, here's my take on it, right? Uh, because of course, there's a take on it. You know, I'm gonna roll back here a little bit and and rehash the Will Smith Chris Rock incident at the awards ceremony. When Will Smith just walked up out of the audience and slapped Chris Rock. And I said this before. Although I don't recall if I if Sharon and I discussed it on the show, but or if it was with maybe a different circle of friends, but I said that sets a very dangerous precedent. Now, I think what I was referring to at the time was it sets a dangerous precedent that comedians are no longer going to be allowed to do what they've been doing for, you know, probably since since people stood up out of a chair and started discussing funny things, making fun of other people. Most of the comedy that I grew up with is based on other people's misfortune or... The comedian's misfortune. There are comedians that use their own misfortune and they turn it into comedy and they make people laugh with it. That's just the way it is. But now suddenly there's a different precedent here that is, uh, it, you know, it that has been set. Okay, because, you know, a lot of people were pro Will Smith. I, you know, I, I still, he was wrong for what he did. There's other ways to handle that. But there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, Will Smith, he deserved to do that. It was He was in his right to do that. Doesn't No, because now there's been a precedent set where anybody can just walk up out of the audience and attack someone performing on stage. Dude, that's a felony. Okay? That can be a felony. You go to jail for that. Hitting somebody out of the blue, you can go to jail for You can be held liable for it. And so, this precedent was set in that regards as well, because that's the, and that's exactly where my mind went. My mind went bloop, stop, right turn, and went right to that, right to that. And I said, "This guy, if no one else sees this, is okay." Because I don't know what Dave Chappelle said that upset this guy. I really don't. Again, I find Dave Chappelle's comedy to be very funny. And I know that his comedy is drawn on the backs of other people. I get it. I know. But I'm also not a snowflake, so I'm okay with that. To an extent. To the extent that I'm in my 50s and I've been fine listening to comedians forever. I mean, really? If comedy bothers you, thank God you didn't watch George Carlin or Andrew Dice Clay. But anyway, so... Um, this audience member 
for whatever reason, Dave Chappelle upset him. He felt it it was okay. It was the thing to do to hop out of the audience, up on a stage, and charge him. And how did you get into the Hollywood Bowl with a replica gun? You know, that, that draws all kinds of other, you know, that's other discussions that somebody needs to have. Like, you know what I mean? I thought, and maybe that's the problem, folks. Maybe I shouldn't think so hard. But I thought we were on top of this issue with, uh, you know, um, mass shootings and stuff at, at major, uh, major events. Now, that didn't happen, but what I'm saying is a replica gun is made of metal as much as a real gun is. How did he get in there with a replica gun that had a knife built into it? Anyway, but he felt he was okay, and it's not okay. And so the Will Smith issue continues to rear its ugly head because I still stand on my ground that he was he was wrong in so many ways and here's another one I mean I'm, I can't be the only person out of 230 240 million people in this country or all the billion people in the world that might have put eyes on that and didn't have the first thought of huh, well you know, Will Smith was able to do it why can't I but anyway so but he pled not guilty he's being charged with four counts of misdemeanors and we'll see how that turns out but people, you can't just do that. You can't just jump up on stage and attack people. Can't do that. Anyway, so let's go to New England. Let's go to New England for our Wombat of the Week. But first, let me tell you how to do Wombat of the Week. Or what we do at Wombat of the Week and how you can be involved. So the Wombat of the Week is our celebration, if you will, of stupid people doing stupid things. And it winds up in the news. And you can partake by sending us your Wombat of the Week, send us a verifiable news story of stupid people doing stupid things and send it to us as a DM in Facebook at JM Talk or you can email us at Radio at gmail.com and we'll put it into the large laundry list of the collection we have of, and that's a shame we have a collection of stupid people doing stupid things and getting and, get uh, and it being newsworthy enough that it slips into the news somewhere that's pretty bad, but anyway. <laughs> we go to Kingston, Massachusetts, up there in New England. Uh, a family was awarded nearly $5 million after golf balls caused, caused thousands of dollars in damages to their home. Okay, so we're, going, we're talking about the Tenzer family <clears throat> who lived near Fairway 15 on the golf course located on the Indian Pond Country Club. And they've lived there since 2017, which is approximately five years. Their attorney says it didn't take long for the golf balls to wreak havoc on the house. There's 26 windows that need to be replaced. Uh, The entire side of the home has to be replaced. There's portions of the deck that were damaged and need to be fixed. And in the four years living there, um, the lawyer for the family says nearly 700 golf balls have landed on their property. And he says, quote, this was so extremely upsetting to them and they were so completely powerless to really fix the problem. Hey, before I go on... Uh, maybe, maybe you don't buy a house on the fairway, <laughs> um, near the fairway. So Plymouth Superior, Superior Court judge awards the family $100,000 in property damage and $3.5 million in emotional distress. So fees and interest brings this 
to almost five, five million dollars. So, you know, uh, the attorney representing the golf course said in part, you know, some of the risk of living near a golf course is the potential for damage by golf balls. That's, oh my God, that's what I just said. And the lawyer for the golf course continues to say that the golf course has insurance to cover this kind of stuff. Um, the Tenzer's attorney says they declined the action of having the house fixed by the golf course because they were looking for ways to prevent such a large number of golf balls from entering their property. It's impossible. You live near Fairway 15. So, you know, the owner of the golf course, he plans to appeal, which he should, especially if he has insurance to cover their their issue. But $3.5 million for emotional distress, distress because you live near fairway 15 of a golf course and your property keeps getting hit by golf balls. And we're now hearing about this in the news four years later when you sue for $5 million. And when it was suggested that, well, if they sell the house and moved, the attorney says it would be impossible to sell this house in this type of situation. The problem just has to be fixed. Uh, five years ago, the Tensors bought that house in that situation. Why is it so hard to sell that house in that situation? I'm sorry. This goes down in the books, which we have a book here at the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon entitled Sue Happy People. It, my goodness, my aunt and my uncle had a house built. On a, right, right near a golf course, right on one, like near one of the fairways, because that's what they wanted. And I don't know if golf balls hit the house or not, because they don't bother telling anybody, because that's a risk that you take. That's a risk that you take. If you move in next door to an auto paint shop that is an open air facility, the chances of you getting paint all over your cars and your house. It's pretty good, depending on which way the wind blows. It's a risk that you have to take. If you move in next to next door to a bomb testing facility, there's a risk you're going to hear some noise. Come on. We can't just sue for every and anything that we want to. That's, we've become this sue-happy nation. Anyway, so that's the Wombat of the Week. The Tenzer family, I'm sorry, you're a bunch of Wombats. Sell the flipping house and move somewhere not near a golf course. Don't tell me you can't sell the house because it's impossible to sell. Someone will buy it. My uncle will buy it because he'll want to be near the golf course. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get out of here and I won't be back live. It will be me and Memorex because coming up after the break, author, lawyer, political communist, com- columnist. Ugh, I didn't bring a drink with me. And a very, very funny guy, Gene Baradelli. Coming up after this, stay in your seats, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back, and Gene will be with me. Hi, this is Tara. You're listening to my puppy. So don't go anywhere. He'll be way back. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now, there are vaccines. And they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Are you ready for some more Joel Mahalik show? I'd better not. Uh, I have what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. I have the irrefutable proof that the earth is not flat. Here it is. If the earth was flat, don't you think cats would be on the edge of it knocking off? A new episode every Sunday at joelmahalik.com. Welcome back to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. I'm Joel Mahalik, and the lovely Sharon has parted the recording studio. So it's you and me. But this week, I have the option of not spending this time alone with you because I have the esteemed pleasure of welcoming um, somebody who I've been trying to get on the show for a while. And if you pay any attention to the website, you don't live on the rock, then you've seen us feature his content, which is buffoon of the week. Uh, we've been featuring that for quite some time and he's now making a book about it, which we're uh, about the subject matter, which is great. So I am just thrilled to have here with me spending some time, Gene Baradelli. Oh, that, that's the security system, which is always getting on the show. I, I thought that was for me. That was, I thought that was great. Like a, like a walking through the curtain type of deal. That was pretty It cool. was perfectly timed, was it not? Did I please tell me I didn't wreck your name because No, you actually you nailed it. Uh the way I always okay. tell the people Yogi Berra going into a deli. Berra deli. You nailed it perfectly. <laughs> because I, I have one of those names that 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 for some reason nobody can pronounce. Uh, you know, real quick story. So I pronounced it Mahalik. When I was a kid in Catholic school, we pronounced it Michaelek. And nobody could get that. Mika, what a Mika. We had a kid one grade below me whose name was Michael. Last name was Leck. And they still couldn't pronounce my name. Oh my God. When there was a Michael Leck, a grade below me, but this Michael Leck is. So now as a joke, people say, how do you pronounce that? I say Smith. Just say Smith. <laughs> That's great. I thought you were going to do the whole Pee Wee Playhouse Jombie. Mecca like a high, mecca hiney ho type of thing. <laughs> that that could be an option too. But uh, Gene, it really is great to have you here. I mostly mostly I, we are talking about your upcoming book, Schnooks, Crooks, Liars and Scoundrels: A Field Guide to Political Buffoonery, which has 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 been born, I suppose, out of the uh, Buffoon of the Week website and the videos. And the videos are just uh, it, it's amazing, especially with what you do by day that you can put this content together uh, on a regular basis and keep up with the political buffoonery is crazy to me. Well, let me tell you, cocaine is a hell of a drug, and uh, there are 24 <laughs> useful hours in every day. So that, that's, that's kind of how it – no, in, in all seriousness, what, what, I, what I do now I, – I used to be able to take my whole weekend, take you know 12 to 15 hours out of my weekend and pump out a weekly video based upon a weekly review of the news – explaining who I think the biggest buffoons were and kind of leave it to the audience to decide. But lately right. what we've been doing is I've gotten to back together with a, a podcasting partner of mine uh, whose name I can't mention because he'll get in trouble with his job with this, with the people's Republic of New York city. And we basically just have <laughs> talk therapy as I, I kind of told you a little bit about off air, where we just go on when right. we feel like it and talk about, you know, the news and, and, you know, we'll have a, a drink along with some, you know, adult beverages, watching a political speech or something like that. So it, it really is a, a blessing in my life to, to have this stuff. But you mentioned how, you know, the book that's coming out is a product of the, the website. Well, everything is sort of a product of my friends and all the discussions we've had over the years about politics. Okay. So 
and what I find, and I think I said this to you before in, in when we spoke over email or, or Facebook when we first met in, in social media world, I think one of the things that tied us together, you and I, is uh, so it, my previous uh, program that was actually on live radio where now I'm a podcast, we did a lot of news and politics and for real. We'd have real discussions and, uh, you know, we used to be round table and we thought we were solving the world's problems politically and nobody was listening to us. But, you know, I, I stopped that show and I had to take a hiatus. I had, t- I just so, I had had it up to here and I had come to the realization that you can't have a rational political discussion in this country with anyone anymore. And so when I came back with this new product and brought my wife with me, who is also a successful podcaster, um, we just sort of said, well, you know what? This time we're going to pull stories out of the news and make fun of them. You know, f- like find the funny in it because, you know, it, it, it it's all laughable or it could be if you spin it the right way. But then we do an ass, uh, a, a wombat of the week, which is, uh, you know, a friend of mine from uh, Chicago radio, he had an Ask Clown of the Week segment, and he's not on the air anymore doing his podcast or his live show. And he kind of said I could have it, but I didn't want to use his, so we did Wombat uh, of the Week. And and so that's kind of where, like, you Ooh. and I just sort of collided out there in social media based on this one particular thing of just making fun of these idiots. It's a you piece know? of great minds thinking alike, Joel. That's what I mean. That's really what it is. <laughs> exactly. And it's also it's also a a case of political burnout. There's only so many hours of the day that you can talk about politics with someone, where either you crack up laughing, or you get so frustrated and angry that you throw a device against the wall and it cracks. And I got tired of buying new Samsung phones, so I I have now decided <laughs> to to just revel in the hilarity of it all and to point out to the world just the kinds of, as the title of the book says, schnooks, crooks, liars, and scoundrels that we encounter in the news on almost an hourly basis. Yeah. What? So, all right. So you've been doing, all right. So you've been, you, you've been around this for a long time, uh, you know, especially in, in different aspects of, of your career. Can you pinpoint when you you think the buffoonery really got crazy? Because for me, I'm going almost back to the eighties and, and people go, how do you remember politics when you were in your, you know, like in 1980, I was 10. And I'm like, because I used to listen, I, you know, I, <laughs> I used to pay attention, you know, to what Reagan was saying. And I feel like I have to almost go back to my teens or preteens to find the before that I, you know, maybe, and even I might be wrong. You know, I think for me, the rose-colored glasses came off. I can almost pinpoint the moment. It was uh, right around January of 2010. I had just finished a uh, campaign where I actually thought, for some reason, as a Republican, I could win a seat on the New York City Council. So I ran Mm -hmm. for New York City Council in Brooklyn, the most democratically dense county in the country. And I did pretty right. well considering, uh, you know, I got blown out, but I was pretty, you know, I was down, you know, back then I had the rose colors glasses on. I'm going to change the world, this whole thing. And then right. when I went through the campaign, I started meeting a lot of the people in institutional politics. And I started looking around and saying, this is the best we've got, really? 
And it just got me to thinking, like, is this the path I really want to pursue? Well, no, not really. Now, being from Brooklyn, I am a sarcastic SOB. And, you know, I, I met through my, my travels in politics other like-minded sarcastic SOBs. And we just started <laughs> hanging out in the political clubhouse. We started a podcast. And we just started throwing spitballs from the back row at, the, at all the teachers, you know. And that's sort of where right. this whole idea of, you know, taking down these, you know, these, uh, I don't even know, I, I, I don't want to overuse the word buffoon, but yeah, take down these buffoons who we all overestimate every day thinking that they're more impressive than what they actually are and, and just right. really deconstruct what it is about them that makes them tick. And the, the book is 10 years worth of those discussions, sort of the work product of putting out all that together. Wow, that's amazing! How do these, uh, yeah, uh, these idiots? Because I, I, you're right. I don't want to over overuse the word buffoon either, and then make it you know seem or sound irrelevant, especially when we have when we're, we're our focus is the book. But how do they not? What is making these people tick this way? I mean, how do they not know that they're idiots? Like because sometimes I I I, I look at the 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 news highlights and I and I go, I. How do you let that come out of your mouth? Yeah, well, how do you, it, you know, I mean, obviously you saw the video of um, our commander in chief mistaking the Pope for a baseball, a black baseball player. I mean, how does this happen? How does this happen? So, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there's many answers, but let me, how it starts really is we forget the fundamental truism of life. And that is, that you, me, everyone we've ever encountered, we are all buffoons. We have to start with that fundamental recognition. Because what politicians do is they start thinking they're better than the average person. When I say we're all buffoons, right. we've all had those moments where we want to kick ourselves for doing something or forgetting to do something. Like, for instance, me being late for this interview. That's a buffoon moment. You know, <laughs> that that to me is, man, I wish I could. I, as I'm driving, I'm saying I'm going to be late. Man, I kicked myself in saying that. But, you know, who locked their keys in the car? Who forgot their wedding anniversary? We're all a bunch of buffoons in one aspect of a life or another. But in politics, everything's magnified a million times over. So all these people who already think that they're better than you and they think that they can lead you to the promised land, so to speak, they have an overconfidence of their own ability and they're completely underwhelming. They overestimate their ability and they underwhelm in their delivery in one way or another. But as they get little victories going forward, those that actually win races and actually make make it into office, that overinflated feeling of superiority just keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's how they graduate up to different levels of buffoonery. Mm. And when you're like Joe Crazy. Biden and you've been basically in government for 50 years, just imagine how overinflated that uh, sense of superiority is to the point where he can say, you know, I went to Ukraine and I told them you're not getting that billion dollars unless you fire that prosecutor. Well, son of a gun, they did it. And he says that openly <laughs> like it's okay and acceptable. Yeah, That's the level of lack of humility, lack of connection to the people that actually put you in that place of leadership. That's how far gone he is. Amazing. Amazing. So, um, I really like the way you put that, 
that whole spin on it. You're right. I, I, I never looked at it that way about how we all start out as buffoons. But I, I do want to get back to the book because for the preservation of time, this is doing exactly what I thought it would do. It's moving too fast. <laughs> so I do want to get back to the book. Um, I know the illustrations uh, are uh, are done by cartoonists. Oh, let me just kick my mic around. Uh, Johnny Panisi. Yeah. And um, it, which, I mean, we've seen his work on your videos, I think, correct? Oh, well, some of it. But Johnny Panisi some, is yeah. uh, Johnny has been a dear friend of mine for many years. He is a cartoonist that has mainly worked uh, in association with Major League Baseball. Uh, he has right. a lot of connections to the New York Yankees organization. Uh, he has uh, connections with the Baseball Writers of Association, Association of America, the people that elect everyone to the Hall of Fame. He does their program every year. Uh, he, he's he's a, a tremendous cartoonist whose work, I, I think, is not appreciated in his time so much. So I asked Johnny, can you can you give me some some very quirky drawings of different examples <laughs> in the book and, and caricature them for me? And he nailed every single one of them. Johnny Panisi is the best artist you've never heard of that you've never heard of. <laughs> and, and I think this is uh, one of his illustrations is this one I'm looking at on, on your, uh, the one sheet that we have for yeah. the book, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. So you're right. Book. The characters, that's a bunch of different I ones mean, all put to, that I just put together onto it. Uh, but yeah, those are some of the characters that you'll see featured in the book. Uh, for those of you who are not looking at it, we're looking at Chris Cuomo, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Cuomo, Maxine Waters, and uh, Cory Booker. Yeah, Cory Booker. Cory Booker dressed <laughs> dressed as Spartacus, I might add. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things that uh, you point out is that um, that the, the book's going to have some case studies uh, from American history yeah. for uh, com- comparison to like today's news and events, um, and. What other what other um, what other things in the in the book can we be looking forward to other other than that? Okay, so the book establishes what I like to call in to- a whole tongue in cheek way the emergence of the pseudoscience of buffoonology. So what that means is we try to <laughs> we try to create a scientific method of how to identify different character traits within a variety of buffoons starting from the benign you know people to up into like the irredeemable type of political figures that you 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 encounter and the way mm-hmm. we the way we express those character traits is by looking at examples case studies as you mentioned a story from history to illustrate the point a story from current events and then secondarily we try to tie it all up in comparison to what we've identified my friends and I as the guiding star of political buffoonery, the only politician personality that has existed that can fit into each and every category identified in the book. And that person is, drumroll please, the Reverend Al Sharpton. He is the <laughs> alpha and omega of buffoonery. He has a 40-year history of just different buffoonish acts that fits into each category. And you can see that when you get the book. That is uh, that is that is the alpha. You're right. That is the alpha and the omega. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can think of any sort of political <laughs> buffoonery, and we gave it a lot of thought, my friends and I, uh, and which culminates in this book. And you can find a situation publicly covered where the Reverend Al stepped right into that, from the sublime oh, to the sure. ridiculous to the ominous. Yeah, 
Right? He's always stepping in, in it. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, no, the comments are reserved for the book. Absolutely. But I absolutely 100% agree. I know. I know. And and that's the thing. Like, it, and it that's what it it gives that sense of of uh, waiting or can't wait. So now uh, it's we're scheduled for somewhere around September 2022. Is that correct? That's right. We we did a little bit of a, a pre-launch, which was fantastic during the month of April. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the response to it so far, just from friends and family, has been absolutely tremendous. Uh, and you know, my my editors are all Democrats, and they all say each and every one of them, I can't not put this book down. They all, I've won them all over. I don't know how. You you want to know how how the range of people get in this book? Let me just put it this way: for those of you who may know uh, recent politics, Linda Sarsour. Uh, she's, you know, uh, the Women's March, uh, very much a progressive firebrand, very strong activist. Someone I actually know from just living in Brooklyn. You know, we 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 run to these each other in these circles. She's she's actually picking up a copy of the book. I was shocked that you know she would support because this is really going to be a lot of takedown of a lot of people on the left. You know, I, I don't yeah, make any yeah. bones about that. So to see people uniting under a banner of we don't want political idiots running the show anymore that that's a pretty powerful thing to me right right it is it is and and we're seeing that um just as a quick side note we're seeing that even with um oh what's his name um every time i bring this up there's so many i know i know and 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 i watched him and yeah and i'm watching the clock too i watched him for a long time and i had to stop because bill maher He's even attacking the left, and he says, and it's it's because they make it easy for him to do it. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, the, there's something to be said these days, at least, where a lot of the buffoonery is coming from the left. I think right now what yeah. we have in this tribalistic political landscape we have right now is we have a disconnect of two different realities. I think a lot of people are grounded in facts and other people are grounded in feelings. The people who are grounded in feelings tend to make a fool of themselves because when you let emotion rule rule you, that's when you get into trouble. So I, I think a mm-hmm. lot a lot of that is at play here as well. Yeah. So uh, for anyone interested, first of all, your main website is buffoonoftheweek.com, and you yep. should visit that. Everyone should visit that and and enjoy the content that's on there. Um, but you can also find, um, we can find you on Facebook, um, yep. and Twitter. Yep. Oh, well, fa- fa- Facebook is buffoon OT week, right? Well, no, that's it, Facebook it, it, is that's, that's Twitter. I, I, I got all the plugs. Don't you worry. It's buffoon of the week. Uh, you on do Facebook. all the plugging. It's buffoon of the week on Facebook at buffoon OT week on the Twitters. Uh, you can also find me at G B E R A R D E L L I on Twitter on Parler, on Getter, on on Minds. You can find Buffoon of the Week as well. I'm all over social media. You can find it. Just do a search for Buffoon of the Week in any search engine. You'll probably run into me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's the thing. Just put Buffoon of the Week anywhere. Absolutely. Which is, which is good that it's gotten that far and that wide. Uh, you know, it's become a name for itself. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm glad of of that as well. And by the way, Joel, I I haven't talked to you about this yet, but when the book does come out in September 2022, uh, right in time for the push for the midterms, 
while I send you over a copy of the book to give away to a listener, do it any way you want to, and uh, we'll we'll get you an extra book out, and you can give it away to whoever you want. That's that works for me. Uh, obviously, you will be back for uh, talking about the book when it comes out. I mean, uh, and- have you heard me? I can't stop talking. Which, you know, is one of the reasons I, I, I was thinking like the whole time, not in even your disposition. I'm like, I need to have this guy on more. I need to have this guy on more. And not just about this. I mean, we could talk about buffoons all the time, but there's, I think there's some other things that like I, I heard some keywords coming out of you. And I'm like, you know what? We could talk about that. We could, you could make several visits here, Gene, very easily I, because I, you know, the, the wife leaves me alone. In part three, I'm so lonely sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be your huckleberry. No problem. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't want the novelty to wear off on everyone. But you know, listen, whenever my schedule permits, I'd be happy to to join you. Like I said, a lot of this is sort of like talk therapy for me. And uh, get, right. get all this uh, angst and frustration out. And listen, I, I really appreciate <laughs> what you're doing. I'm, I'm so glad that we met in that that Facebook radio and podcast group. Uh, where we started talking and uh absolutely you know this has been too this has been way overdue it's been such a pleasure to talk to you no um, the pleasure is all mine and uh as i said i'm i'm looking forward to having you back i'm looking forward to getting the book reading the book talking to you about the book on the show and uh really seeing uh, where it goes i i i think you're right i think this is going to be explosive I hope so. Listen if it is it is if it isn't it's just another dusty old thing sitting on the shelf waiting for someone who really appreciates me to show up. Like my old podcast was. All right, everybody. Uh, don't go anywhere yet, Gene. But that was Gene Baradelli. Uh, and one more time, the book, when it comes out, which is uh, fast approaching, is called, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat, Schnooks, Crooks, Liars, and Scoundrels, A Field Guide to Political Buffoonery. Uh, so for the rest of you and us, I want to thank everybody for listening this week to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon I invite you to check us out on the World Wide Web at www.jmtalk.net. And we're also, we're all over social media too, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Uh, So please behave yourselves, and we'll catch you next time right here on the program. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 